Hello and welcome to the Flippin' Weirds podcast. We are based in the UK and we'll be talking all things Malifaux, from news and reviews to events and tactics. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, just a quick public service announcement before we get into the show. You will hear me tell you that there are three guests on the episode today. One of the guests was having some audio issues, so any references to Ollie, he is the ghost in this episode. We don't have any audio from him. We were going to re-record the episode, but there are some hilarious bits in this and I've been laughing going through it, so I've decided I'm going to put it out so you can all enjoy it. There are bits you'll notice it's a bit disjointed where we have had to edit it to try and cover the fact that Ollie's audio is missing. I hope you still enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. What is up, nerds? Episode number three. We're doing well so far. We're doing so well so far, Matt. Yeah, here we are. Week three. I mean, it helps that it's it's a little closer than we think. But uh, yeah, commitment. I'm loving it, James. Loving it. cool all right so we have more guests for you guys this week we have the three members of the emma op question mark team from the vassal world cup and three really big players on the uk tournament scene so guys we ask all our guests three questions when they come on which is what is your favorite faction who is your favorite master and what is your best moment in malifaux so radek do you want to go first Okay, I'm Radek. Uh, my favorite faction is Outcast. My favorite match master uh, is Parker. And my favorite moment was when I was playing first time versus Greg, and he was playing Molly. My first experience against Molly, he was summoning in second edition all those punk zombies and everything in my crew, doing all the freaking freakingness. And I was still killing more than he was summoning. And I, I'm an edge with Parker, who's considered an underdog a win against Molly when she was awesome at this time. That's pretty cool. Greg is such a good person to play. So why should Parker your favorite master? Uh, well, in the second edition, it was all about my weird interactions when I'm going to do my Jenga tower, when, you know, 20 flips in a row needs to work perfectly so I can make million attacks, generate soul stones, draw cards and do some stuff when my opponent just go, aha, uh-huh, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. Yeah, really? Oh, right, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> Fair enough. That is very radic. That is a very radic answer. Um, good stuff. All right. Our next guest is Emma. So Emma, same three questions to you. Hi. Um, okay. So my favorite faction, I think, is Arcanists. Um, but my favorite master is Von Schill. No, Von Stuck. Wrong master. <laughs> uh, Von Stuck. No. Yeah. I think you do mean Von Schill, don't you? I do mean Von Schill. God, it's been a long time since I played him. Um, But he's my favourite master because I started playing him um, because I had a dream about him, like, years ago. Um, And I think he's actually the master that really taught me how to play Malifaux because I played the same (laughs) crew for, like... Yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say, before we go into the next question, (laughs) you're going to have to tell us about this dream that you had about Von Schill, the big (laughs) moustached man who rips his shirt off. What you've said is pretty much what the dream was. It was ridiculous. I was—I'd seen the crew and I'd liked it, but I really couldn't stand the steam trunk. 
Um, so I was adamant I wasn't buying it. And then I had like a dream of just Von Schill coming to me, telling me <laughs> to buy this crew back. <laughs> so I he gen- did. <laughs> I genuinely wondered where this uh, where this show was going to go there for a moment. And uh <laughs> Thought we were going to have to start changing the tags on it. No, <laughs> oh, it, was, is... it was reasonably innocent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think everyone everyone in the UK scene has learned something new about Emma as soon as this releases. <laughs> and, and, you can, and everyone's going to be making some wild assumptions. <laughs> does, Alec, does Alex know about this dream, yeah? Yeah, yeah, he does. Okay. This, okay, was, a long, this was a long time ago. This is a long time ago now. Um, okay, but yeah, he's my favourite master because he's the one I think who actually taught me to play Malifaux well. Um, yeah, because I just played him a lot and I learned a lot of little. It was just in that stage in my career where I got better. <laughs> so I credit him for that. Um, and my like standout sort of moment in Malifaux was when I finally beat Alex in a tournament, um, which was Breach in the North four I think it was last year um and we were playing on top table and I needed to podium to get my master's invite um and I really struggle when I play against Alex because he's a very good player so the fact that I actually beat him is like was monumental for me (laughs) good stuff good stuff well that was interesting that was a lot more interesting than I was expecting so well (laughs) done Emma (laughs) okay cool so and our final guest is Ollie so Ollie same questions to you please no no random uh, dreams about Marcus bringing him to being your favourite then? <laughs> Holding you up like Simba on Lion Rock, <laughs> Pride Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So moving swiftly on from weird dreams about Malifaux Masters. Um, what we're here today to talk about is international play. So all of us have played in the Vassal World Cup. So we've played different players from all around the world and it's been really interesting to see how different metas play talk to different people get just get to experience playing people we never normally would um so what were your thoughts going into it team moop if someone wants to jump in with that um i think i was just sort of had a bit of fomo about not having played any Malifaux for quite a while um so i i, I wanted i wanted to join in i did i'm not i was definitely uncertain about it being competitive tournament which I think I ex- I did expect it to be it was the Vassal World Cup I was expecting it to be this I think I was expecting it to be potentially more competitive than it was if that's even possible yeah um, I think certainly from certainly in from some teams yeah definitely yeah. like us <laughs> <laughs> like so what you said was quite interesting actually like I went into it I wasn't practicing for my games I was going to run my same dreamer list that I run every single game when I just want a nice sort of casual game because I didn't want the pressure to be on on me I knew Ollie and Radic would do really well in the rounds that I was just sort of I wouldn't say dicking about but probably wasn't taking it as seriously as I should have been um and then when I saw that other teams and other players were doing and they were all practicing like multiple games and they were wanting your lists in advance so they could see what you're playing and and do things like that um yeah it was interesting I'm glad I'm glad I did it I'm very glad I did it it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it being part of a team with Ollie and Radic a lot as well yeah, it was good. Yeah, like I, I would say, the, the best thing about the team tournament, team championships, is that we could support each other. We could give each other some ideas, some, you know, nice heads up or even, you know, practice games. So, something like that you don't get from normal things because you don't, you don't play as a team. So that the team effort is actually even more fun and better than 
uh, normal tournaments and stuff. Yeah, I, I'd actually agree with that, Radic, because one of the best things I find about going to a tournament is between rounds, looking at what's coming up and going, oh, shit, I'm playing against, you know, an Arcanist player. What do we think they're going to play? And although you only get it for like five, ten minutes between rounds at a tournament, or you talk about it a lot in the pub afterwards, that sort of social interaction and discussing the hobby with other people is one of the things I really enjoy about Malifaux. Yeah, definitely. And you've got, yeah, you're quite right. And you get that bit before the game as like, so if you're with, with the lists and stuff like that and the planning, you get you get together with your team for the Vassal World Cup as well and talk through the options and the matchups and stuff like that, which is really cool. It's a very different way of doing it, but it's awesome. Mm. That was definitely one of the things I enjoyed about it. Well, what were you thinking, Matt? How did you enjoy it? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think I also wasn't, wasn't expecting it to be as competitive as it actually turned out to be. Um, I genuinely thought it was just a, a good excuse for a whole bunch of Malifaux players around the world to get together and just play some Malifaux. And it turned into quite a big thing. And actually, uh, we did a lot better than I genuinely expected us to. I think I think we went into it when we're not getting out of the group stages, are we, guys? But it's all right because Chris held up our team and uh, I uh, managed to pull a few games out the bag whilst Jamie was still warming up in the dressing room, it was seen, for the first three rounds. But mm. it's fine. <laughs> It's the, it's the team mentality, right? And I remember all the supportive conversations we were having with Jamie. I was like, don't drop the ball this time, mate. Yeah, if you could just pull one out, that'd be great. Draw wouldn't be too bad. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't have the greatest start with my uh, little guild career there. Was it but, first um, and last flurry into guild, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've done my bit with the guild now. That's fine. We'll let Ollie play around with them for a bit. <laughs> it's uh, like every top, every top player has to do like a stint in guild just to like knock them down a little bit and get them used to playing something different between you yeah. and Ollie and then just jump around everybody. Didn't Matt play guild? Or doesn't Matt play guild? He I, did. I played guild quite a lot. Did um, you? Yeah. So is how much I pay attention. I knew you'd done it at some point. <laughs> A, f- a fair chunk of my uh, second edition, uh, second edition success, if you will, was uh, in Guild. Loves a bit of Guild. He loves a bit of Guild. Okay, so um, we played. I mean, um, so the flip team flipping weirds played what five or six different um, nations over the course of the. I think it's five because we played. Um, two Swedish teams um, but so the, the the thing for me, the thing I wanted to get us all together to discuss is the differences between the UK meta and the metas and the, the crews and selection and the play styles that we saw at the Vassal World Cup so I think it's fair to say generally speaking that the UK plays quite in keyword um, in most of their their tournament players, if you look generally across the board, it's very in keyword, certainly compared to what I saw. So I think it gives some interesting differentials between what we're used to in the UK scene and what we saw in the Vassal World Cup. So um, like Radek, for example, so what would you say your w- was different to your expectation going into the Vassal World Cup? What, what would you, do you say are the differences to what you're used to playing in the UK as to what you saw from the international players? Well, as you say, is the keyword that we do love our keywords. Sometimes we take some models out of keyword, but it wasn't the same like when I was playing against uh, Poles. He had the Colette and all the versatiles. Then uh, my uh, almost last and last game was against the Jan Lo. And of course, it was the same boring OP Jan Lo. I'm going to play myself in my corner and then I'm going to start going out late in the game. 
like, oh my gosh, like in UK, we do actually put a tiny bit of effort to make sure our opponents have a bit of fun playing. I mean, I spent at least two years learning that very important skill, how to not be an asshole and how to be a good opponent. <laughs> it took me some time. <laughs> It really did. You can is ask, that maybe uh, from me shouting at you saying, Radic, this isn't a fun game, so you shut up? <laughs> I mean, first time, second or third. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can ask Carl that it took me some time when I basically killed the community in Warrington. A part of it, my fault, but I learned. I learned after many, many, many years. And actually, if you can ask my third opponent, he was from Denmark. I was trying to be really good, really chilled, and he was really happy about our game. Even though I won like 7-2, he still says that he enjoyed it. And this is actually what I like that I learned in UK after many years of Polish power gaming in back in Poland that, yes, we do play here to have fun and give fun. Okay, that was a bit of a rant, which is good. I didn't. It was funny though, so it was good to hear. Um, so, you'd say, so is that just that one game you got that sort of like, for let's let's say boring experience from? Um, the rest was that just the the isolated incident rather than the uh, the feel of the whole event for you? Well, it was like it was two games because the uh, Swedish play Andreas. I mean, it's not like completely boring, but it's still you know the the brokenness of it, when you spend your time in your deployment, you hit your own model, you kill it, you summon a model, because you know you, you, you have loads of that uh, tiny bit interactions when you just spend the game in your deployment. It's not as fun. Okay, fair enough. Um, Emma, what about you? Um, um, what I want to say is I, I would agree with you. I think actually we do a lot more in keyword play in the UK. Most of... Um, my opponents, when I sort of knew what mass they were playing, I could have a good guess at what models I think thought that they would be taking based on what are the good versatile models for the particular schemes or strats and stuff. So in most games, I probably managed to guess three quarters of my opponent's crew before we played because I was aware that they were using some of these more versatile models that we don't tend to do in the UK scene. Um, There was nothing wrong with it. It was just, it's just different. I think like there was, some crews, I, I like um, Radic said, I played one where I think ev- pretty much every model was versatile or out of keyword, which was just not not seen very much here, I don't think. So it's just very different. The other thing I noticed about it is I think a lot of our opponents seem to be much more um, defensive in their play styles. They were quite cagey when I played against them anyway and being very reluctant to sort of bring the fight to me. Um that's because you're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people think I am. I don't understand. <laughs> or did you mean like literally my crew? Because yeah, they are. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, I feel safer if I say I meant your crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, I'm not no. even going to bite. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> okay, but joke, jokes aside. So actually, I, I'd say generally the feeling I got was, yeah, um, a lot more cagey play. The Americans, not so much, but we played the Texans and they are, so I gather from the internet, renowned for hyper-aggressive play. Um, so I think we just saw a different side of it there. But certainly like the Russians um, and the Polish and the Swedes to a degree were, were played a lot more cagey than maybe we're used to from a lot of players in the UK. Um, what did you think, Matt? Yeah, I'd say so. Like, and I agree with 
exactly your assessment. Like we played the Texans round one, and it was a. Uh, it was it was in my face with a, a Shen Long fairly early doors, so uh, I definitely agree that it was coming at you straight away. But um, yeah, which which didn't really set you up for the rest of the event. Seems you just spent round one like, oh, here we go, it's going to be like an alpha strike meta. That's what we're looking at here, and then snap straight into the second round. It's a complete shift of gear, it's defensive play. They're not moving out of the table half. They're not moving out. There's some of the models aren't even moving out of deployment zone turn one. It's just like, oh, okay, now now I've got to go to them. So I think actually the bit I really enjoyed about the entire event is that you couldn't you couldn't just build a list and go go with it necessarily because you would have to shift gear depending on which country you were going into, which what the game was as well. It was like an extra aspect outside of the schemes and strats and your the opponent's faction it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed that. So interestingly though, that's an interesting point. So would you say actually if we were to play the Vassar World Cup again right now. Would that would knowing knowing the um enemy team or uh, the enemy enemy teams and, and the rough idea on sort of the crews they build and the play styles, would that would that inform your choices a little bit in regards to crew building rather than sort of maybe maybe certainly at the beginning we were building crews based on what our experience was in the UK meta, right? So I definitely think it would change my lists. Um if now having played played against those metas um, and not extensively, but I already know I would sit here and go, all right, playing into the the Americans, uh, I've got to expect hard hitting, hard, fast, here it comes. But then actually, if I was playing back against some of the Swedish teams, um, then I've got to think, actually, I've got to go to them. I've got to put this on. I've got to be running models that puts this in my game plan and I've got to be able to go to them and act uh, and not not let the defensive play style come at me. So yeah, definitely. Definitely would change how we do it. And I think actually if we do another another tournament like that, I think they're always going to evolve. I don't think they're going to continue to progress. So the more of these world tournaments we get, it kind of just opens up the spectrum for uh for the community, I'd say. Yep, I agree. I think that's a, a very fair point to say about it. Um, what about you, Ollie? What are your thoughts on that? And then there was silence. <laughs> okay, so for everyone that's listening, because we're going to do very little editing, uh, Ollie, Ollie has some challenging internet issues uh so if he drops out or drops in this is why um but let's go to radek while ollie's having a funny five minutes so radek what about you so uh based on based on the experiences of the vassal world cup if you were to play it again would it change your list i know you play a bit quirky anyway so but would would it would it influence your decisions at all Actually, late in the battle, I was doing the research of my opponents, like asking their opponents who they were playing, if they were doing the same master, and then I was doing my weird simulation in my head, how I'm going to play against that. So actually, it wouldn't change as much my list as it will change. I will still be doing the research how to deal with my opponent's play styles and their favorite masters, because everyone had someone that they were more keen to play than someone else. Yeah. Oh, sneaky, sneaky research. This guy playing super competitive over here. I was just, I was just thinking that it's just a lot more commitment than we showed towards this. Of the honest, James. Like, I'll be honest, yeah. Most of most of my research and my opponents went down to me sending a the group chat a message going, "Who's this person?" And you going, "Don't make me spoon feed you their uh, Discord details." 
Right, yeah, because I have to spoon feed you everything. But that's um, but that is why the uh, the Emma OP team did better than us. Uh, is that right, Emma? Uh, yeah, probably. I was just about to say, like, um, as as the tournament progressed, definitely started doing more research and practice. So, if we played if we played the tournament again, I would play how I was playing in the last two rounds. Um, I'd be using sort of more knowledge about those players and their meta um more consistently but yeah I definitely started doing some stalking towards the end of um the tournament I think I practiced like the last couple of games four or five times I was just pestering everybody I could to to practice because I knew what my opponent was playing roughly because I we watched videos of their previous games looked at what lists they're taking in the same strat previously um so yeah I think that would definitely happen again if we were to redo the world cup Oh my god, we were so woefully underprepared for this, Jamie. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't. I didn't even look them up on the forums to, to find out what they ran previously. <laughs> I went like I went honestly like onto Instagram to see what models they were painting on their Facebook. You know, it, wow. not everybody had those accounts, obviously, but that's what I was doing. I was like, okay, wow. this guy had painted this crew back in you know two years ago. Yeah, it was a bit, <laughs> a bit obsessive. <laughs> Still didn't fucking win though, did I? Emma's data <laughs> correlation. Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 Emma, you pulled us through when I gave uh, myself to the Swedes. So no, 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 don't, don't put yourself down. You, you pulled us through on the uh, semi-finals. Yeah, and then fucked it on the final. But never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's hope no one does that much research on Emma when they uh, oh, play it, her. It's next, not, it's not even gonna... that fucking hard, is it? Like, <laughs> gonna... like, well, you know, you know, they're going to pull out Von Shield to try and distract you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, 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 just, yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't even have a defence for this. <laughs> could, could you imagine the master selection? He just looks you in the eye over the table. Kind of unbuttons the top shirt and says, I'm declaring no, was... one shill. No, honestly, the second, second nationals I went to, I didn't. I was doing fixed list von shill, and I was like, I'm just going to get a Hawaiian shirt, and periodically I'm just going to unbutton it and see if I can distract my opponents. I didn't do that. I bottled it, but I thought I could just dress up as von shill and randomly undress during the game, but I didn't do that because you know. I mean it's a tactic. I mean you can't argue that. <laughs> I, I played you that nationals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't do it. I would have got as if I don't have enough of a reputation for being a bit odd in the community. If I just started randomly getting my tits out mid game, it definitely would have been a weird one. <laughs> I mean, half of it is uh, so, intimidating, so is it... and second is you undressing and publicly, you will have a nice reputation. This took a weird turn. I should never have mentioned it. Did. Yeah, no, monster, I, I, should I? I this is this is this is a whole lot of your doing as well, and you made it weirder. Like I'm, I, none of us can take any responsibility for that. That, that is all, all right. on you. <laughs> all right, let's 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 go. Ollie, you back? You got anything to add? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Okay, all right, let's move swiftly on. Let's move swiftly on. Okay, so, all right, let's do a controversial question then. What was the hardest game you played? Or who was the... Let's 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 make it even more controversial. Who was the best player you played against in the Vassal World Cup? Matt, go first. Um, 
that is that's quite difficult actually. Um, they there was some really fantastic players, and they're like some really fantastic players and some people that really know know what their crews do inside and out. But I suppose the yeah the hardest game I played. The hardest game I played was definitely the last one I lost, which I think was into oh, God, what was the last team. So the last game you played was Russia, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. It was last, and that was, uh, and that was that was made doubly hard by my cards had abandoned me. I, I had offended them on some sort of primordial level that meant that they they just they woke up this day and went, no, no, go fuck yourself today, Matt. There'll be no cards for you. In fact, we're going to give all your cards to him. Um, so <laughs> besides that, it was really tough because actually when when you're being hit like that, a, a player a player of that caliber will, will just penalize you for it. And I think that's what that's what happened is that I, I got a bit of a run of a bad luck and it just he, he was that good of a player that any kind of any kind of opening like that would be completely exploited. So I suppose that one that one would be the that was definitely the one that stuck with me the most. Just, and that was the cards never was, came, James. The cards never that, came. <laughs> <laughs> that was Alex from Team Russia, aka Plag, the uh, the legendary Plag. What about you, Radek? I would say the hardest war against Andreas from the Swedish team because he was playing Ian Low and Alex was touching me in both places with Ian Low previously. So I was still, you know, being nervous about playing against Ian Low. And yeah, he played really well. My car, I, I was drawing like 12 cards because I love drawing cards. Everyone knows that. And I did not see anything better than 11. So that put me a bit uh, off and I messed up the game and I lost. The... Vladimir, so the Russian guy in the final, he was also a really good player, but he wasn't in his best shape. He had some bad start, make a mistake, and then it just all snowballed. So it wasn't as hard game as against Andreas. So yeah, so I would say that's why Swedish Andreas, the semifinals, was the hardest game for me. Cool. All right. Emma, what about you? Um, I think actually my um, semi-final game was probably my most enjoyable and one of my hardest fought. Um, and that's because I, I, I'm really sorry. I can't remember the name of the guy I played against. Um, but I had to play that in a completely different play style. So I had to be much more cagey and defensive and try and draw him to me because if I went at his crew, I wasn't, I wasn't going to win. It just wasn't going to happen. So it was really interesting because I had to switch up my play style to try and deal with his play style and his crew. Um, so it was really enjoyable because it was a really close game and I ended up winning that one. It was great. Um, but it was a really hard game because it was, I it's going to sound not, I had to think a lot about what I was doing, um, to, to, to get through that game. So yeah, it was, it was really good though. And he was a very good player. Um, my opponent, that was, was that Sweden as well? You were playing yeah, in the was, semi? Yeah, it was, um, I can't even remember what crew he was tape played. Was it the th- was it the Thunders player? No, you were playing against Titania, and it was the same as. So it was Alexander Blackstorm Saladin. You can tell he's done the research for this, can't you? Yeah, Radek. Right <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really really good game. Um, oh yeah, he had Rider. He had um, Hooded Rider. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do remember. It was, but it was a very good game, and he was a very good player. Um, good, good stuff. I mean, Emma could, t- Emma could tell you his Instagram handle, but she wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
the Swedes were phenomenal. Um, they were very, very played at a very, very high level for what is what is a scene we don't hear a huge amount about outside of um, out in, well in the UK generally. Like you hear that like the Americans and stuff will make a lot of noise, but you don't hear a huge amount um, coming out of Sweden. So it's nice to see them coming out and kicking some ass in the Vassal World Cup. Um, but my my hardest game was actually probably against. Um, team Poland. Uh, I played. I think PK was the the message I got, but it was a phenomenal game. Like really, really good game. He was um, a really good opponent. Like we both were were sweating trying to work out what was going on. I took Nelly for the first time um, against Von Stuck, and it was just hard. It was a hard game, but really, really well played. Really tactical and really close on both sides. So that was a really enjoyable game. Um, so, in terms of um, going forward, are you guys? Would you guys, if there was another Vassal World Cup, would you guys team up together again and do it? Definitely. I would just hope the next time it's gonna be more like uh, previous uh, when uh, Dave was doing the w- w- team championships when there was like you no know, pool of encounters of tables so we can allocate players and have even more thinking about it more you know involvement more like the itc style yes oh you mean like in do it in real life rather than over vassal does that what no, you no, mean? no 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 i mean in vassal but like we have uh for example a oh team different, different players. games on different tables yeah free encounters like free maps and we can allocate players so even have more tactical planning as a team yeah, that would be really cool. Actually, that that would be really cool. I did wonder whether that, I did actually think that was how it was going to be, but obviously it wasn't. Um, but that I can definitely see that it adds a whole new tactical level to the tournament, right? I agree. Yeah, it does, and that's like what what you and Matt were saying earlier about like it evolving into the next sort of edition of it. We've played this one, we've learned from it, and now to up it to the next level, we can introduce that to it as well. Um, I think if we were to do the World Cup again or to do another one, not like any disrespect to Radic and Ollie, I think I might like to play with some other people. Um, not because we didn't do it very well, but because I, I got to know Radic and Ollie quite a lot more on like a personal level as well by doing this with them. It'd be really cool to have a couple of other people that I know through the community, but not that well, and then build up that sort of connection with them as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a good, it's a good opportunity to build like better friendships with people in the community, right? Yeah, exactly. Would, would you go for random so... teams or would you go for seeded teams? So, like, oh, let's hold on, hold on. So, Emma, pick your two. Who would you pick on the scene? No pressure. Uh, Luke. <laughs> I'd pick Luke because I love Luke yeah. and he's adorable. Um, and maybe Chris. What are Chris? Yeah. Really? Oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he basically he basically carried our team. Well, it's so. maybe because at one point he, oh, he we played. So our friends Ben and Becca came to Scottish GT with us because we've been nagging them for so long to come to tournaments. Bless them, and they had a really good time. And I think he played Becca in the first rounds, um, and he and he beat her. And I I proper bollocked him. I was like, it's her first tournament. You beat her you know, be nice. And I think um, I was probably a little bit harsh to him. So it might be nice to try and repair some of that. <laughs> so, this is, uh, so when, when earlier you were saying you don't know why people think you're scary. With Chris, okay. I do. I think now I just got I can... drunk and Larry and shouted at him. 
I think I, I think we promised him we wouldn't tell it tell anyone. <laughs> Actually, at one point, I had to ask Alex, "Does Emma despise me?" Because her her banter can be really quality. Like I, I was like, "Hmm, does she have means a fun, or she really thinks I'm just like you know under human thing?" <laughs> It's much better when you know, no, 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 she does not despise me. She does have a quality of humor. But yeah, when you don't, when you're not sure about it, it does put you, you know, on the back mind. Hmm. So, so I'm just going to throw it out there for, for anyone listening who has not met Emma. Emma is lovely. There is a running joke in the UK about her being really scary and really aggressive. Um, and it, and it is literally a running joke. Um, so when we joke about it, Emma is a lovely person. If you do ever meet her, don't run away. She is, she is, she is a nice person. She's not going to hurt you or abuse you. How bad is it that I need a fucking disclaimer in a podcast? <laughs> I mean, again, we weren't going to point it out. <laughs> for your reputation or for the podcast quality? You want to see the waiver we have to get people to sign before we put it out. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. So, what? Okay, Radek. So, go on. Because that was a really interesting question, actually. So, Radek, who would you pick for your team if you had to pick two different people next time? Dave and Gordon. Because last year, me, Alex, Emma, Dave, and Gordon were supposed to go to the ITC together, but it got cancelled because of the edition change. Then I really wanted to go with the same team because I like to, you know, if I promise something, I like to keep the promise. So I still think I want that team to go through. So if Emma, of course, is abandoning me, (laughs) it's hard, but it is. So I would like to just take Dave and Gordon and do it as a team because, you know, in my mindset, I want that team to happen. I want those people to play with me because we already agreed two years ago. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, And I appreciate to anyone listening, this is only really relevant for UK players. Okay, so Matt, if you were about to abandon the flipping weirds, who would you pick? Straight up, it's going to be Alex and Greg. Because Alex oh, is Greg. awesome. Why didn't I think of Greg? Alex, Chris for Greg. No, it's too late. I've got him. <laughs> so, like, it would be Alex because oh, I love the guy. He's brilliant. It's just so much fun. And like, just when he's around you, you just want to hug him all the time. It's weird. It's, it's like an aura of hug. And uh, Greg, just because it doesn't matter if we win or lose, it's just going to be hilarious. The guy's going to have me in stitches, rather just over a couple of pints afterwards. That's that's it for me. Like. I'm there. <laughs> it's Craig and Alex. <laughs> yeah, I have, oh, I'm, I, I'm good. I missed out on Dibbling Greg, actually. Yeah, I was going to go Greg. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit annoyed that I let Matt go first now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would take, I'd definitely take Maria. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Nice. I think Maria Maria would be good fun and she's a really, really good player as well. Mm. And then I think I'd probably go for like a bit of comic relief with like Fiddler. Um, <laughs> I just just because I think I think two opposing forces in Maria and Fiddler are completely different people, um, and I think it'd be quite chaotic, but chaotic fun. Um, so Can that, you that imagine Fiddler trying to talk on the vessel on the Skype or anything voice to your to his opponent? Yeah. <laughs> you know he plays these games. Right? <laughs> it's more like so. I having played like lots like in the Vassal Cup, different people from different countries and stuff manage perfectly fine with everyone's accents. Fiddler don't understand what you're saying half the time. Which, which is quite impressive, seeing as you're on a team of Radic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna suck your blood. 
of all the things to randomly shout out. <laughs> um, oh. Radek the Count. <laughs> oh. Dear. Oh, well, this is... The o. <laughs> this is uh this has taken an interesting turn. It's been a weird do you know what? I thought this was gonna be a really, really um informative and useful podcast and there'd be loads of great information coming out of it. Um I'm not sure it's really gone that way. It's quite a funny one though. I feel uh, like that's my fault. Sorry. No, Should no, no. I mean come on. You cannot be more informative about the Von Schild dr- sex dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so wow, wow, no one was so actually calling when it. when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, right, let's let's try and steer it on track again. So yes. we've um, we've obviously um, played a lot of Malifaux recently between that and the other events going on. Where do we feel the game is settling? So in terms of, like, balance and... Um, sort of like the top and bottom end like because so for me personally i think the difference between what what you would consider the least competitive masters and the most competitive or let's say keywords rather than masters is really really small i don't think there's a big gap between them um i think in, a, in terms of balance we're in a really really good place you've obviously got a couple of models here and there that may be a little bit more um good for their cost let's say than others but generally speaking i think we're in a really, really good place and i think that's been clear to see by just by the range of different masters and crews that have been used um how do how do you guys feel about that do you want to start emma um yeah i I was actually when you were saying that i was like hmm i'm not sure i i I agree with the um difference between top two and like lower lower sort of keywords but i think i think i probably do agree and there isn't that much difference i'm just finding that i'm seeing the same two or three masters from a faction repeatedly and there's some masters from a faction haven't seen like when was i've ne- I've not seen nelly played in m3e at all like you know and, and there's like two or three from every single faction that i can go haven't seen them played at all and i don't know whether that's because the power level in them or because people just aren't interested in them um, uh- I think that's really interesting, actually, because I, I genuinely think the reason you haven't seen Nelly is not because she isn't very good. And Jamie, a testament, test her, uh, give testament to how good she actually is. But um, I, I think actually a lot of the problem was that a lot of the guild models have only recently released. So oh, things yeah, like things like the false witnesses and all those kind of support models only came out um, for like early this year. So, yeah, it, it just took a lot longer, and I think that's why we haven't seen so many guild models. And I know, I know, there's a there's a background noise of are they are guild competitive? But I, I I'm going to say yes, yes, they are. They are competitive. They definitely can play on that level. Mm. Um, I think yeah, with guild, yeah, that makes complete sense. But like arcanists haven't seen raspy, you know, like <sighs> outcasts. I haven't seen a von Schill actually. Sorry to bring him up again, um, <laughs> but like. Rezzers, I've only seen Molly or Karai, really. That's I'm seeing the same sort of few. I think the game itself is quite balanced. I'm just seeing the same sort of masters again. It might be just because we play in like quite a competitive sphere, right? So I think yeah. you may, maybe you see maybe you see the top end more than you see the the sort of bottom end. But I think like because I would agree. Like I'd actually thinking about it too. Yeah, you see a lot of Colette, um, a lot of Sandy, but not not as much of the others in Arcanist, for example. But that doesn't mean they're not so like. Well, whilst Raspy probably isn't quite on their level overall like i don't think the gap is huge between them i just think where we're playing in a in a very in like competitive scene and competitive settings you're generally seeing that 
the the top end ones more than you're seeing any of the others. Yeah, that potentially. Sense. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. I would say with Arcanists, it, the Raspy isn't bad. Um, would would be my take on it. Having played Arcanists for nearly a year now, Raspy isn't bad, but she's just nowhere near as efficient as Colette and Keris. And what they do, they do so well. There's no point. And when you look at those two masters side by side and keywords side by side, those keywords will always come up better than December as a keyword. Is my is my genuine opinion. I love Raspi. I love that box. That new box is stunning. And I want to play her, but actually, if you're looking at it from a competitive level, you're going to land on the most efficient models every time. That's why I always end up playing the same master. So what I would say as an interesting side note before we move on to like uh, someone else's opinion is, Emma, you said you... Um, only see Kirai and Molly, really. Mm. Whereas, actually, I think a lot of people's oh, opinions about Rezzers are Von Stuck and Jan Lowe are the top. And then I said about Arcanists being Colette and Sandeep, and Matt said Colette and Keris. Yeah. So, actually, we've all got already, good, we do have different experiences. And it's, it's and we also have to remember, right, the game's really not been around that long still. Um, yeah. So, I guess we're drawing on fairly limited experience. But that, that it, to, to me, is a sign of the health, a healthy scene to a degree, where actually, all, although we may have seen, like, you may have your two masters you've seen the most, and I may have my two masters. Actually, if, if one or two of those are different, then actually that's probably good for the overall Yeah, there is still, the game. Some, still some variety going on. Yeah, so it was just, I literally was listening, and I was just like, oh, that's interesting that we've mentioned different things, actually. Mm, there. I thought um, that when Matt said Karis, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Radek? What do you think? Well, I played seven Master Challenge on the last Nationals, and on this Super League, I'm also doing seven Master Challenge, so different Master every seven games. And yes, I think every Outcast Master is competitive. Every keyword can have a good uh, play style in a specific pool. So I like the idea of picking a Master in keyword for the encounter and the map. And I think every faction have it, like every Master can exceed that's one thing. It's just so masters are easier to use. And if they are easier to use, you use them more and you get better at them. And then you play them all the time. Like in Outcast, Parker can gun and run and start shooting. And everyone likes go pew, 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 pew. So he plays a lot. For example, em- uh, Emma says that Von Shield, she, do- she doesn't see him. But he is, in my opinion, the best, most versatile and the most awesome Outcast ever. And if I had uh, on the uh, Masters... Yeah, yeah. On the Masters, I use Von Shield most of the time to win the games, and he really pulled me through. Mm, Isn't that because you've got some sort of like janky secret tech Von Shield that fires like twenty times across the table? <laughs> no, it's more about his versatility <laughs> because he can do everything. Oh, there's three key markers there. I can just give myself the grenade belt, stone for crow, and destroy all of them. Oh, I need a tankiness. I'm going to throw that upgrade. Oh, I need a speed. I'm going to do that. So he can do almost everything all the time. It's just maybe not as efficient, but in some pools, especially in the tanky pools, he's awesome. Hmm. That's good. That's good. That's a good sign for the health of the game. And it brings me to an interesting question afterwards, but let's... Um, let's... Um, go to... Oh, apparently Ollie can't hear anymore. Um, so let's not... 
uh, jump in with Ollie right now. Um, so what I was going to say, actually, so the, the interesting point between, if we look at just Emma and Radek, where Emma was like, um, talk about how how you use like one master, and that's definitely um, leads to you being as competent and as competitive as you are. Because I would agree that that like I would say that's probably what happened with me and Nico in M two E. Like I learned that master and I got so comfortable with it that I that I became really really competent with it um but then you've got radek on the other side which who likes to use all the tools at his disposal and actually you've got those two people that are both at the top of the game in the uk they're both like at the top of the rankings competing they're looking at masters and things like that but two very different play styles and i think that's quite interesting because the general consensus has been that the more you play one thing and learn it that the better you'll be which is which is where where I've, I've sat in the past and where like emma sits now but then you've got radek who's using everything so what 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 do you think is is the to be read into that i guess like is that is it is it true that you can use a bit of everything or is it just that radek plays so many games he can get away with using multiple masters all right so i i don't think i it might be that I'm using all those different masters and people don't are not expecting them, so they don't know how to play against them, and it gives me an edge. I do think Emma can play better than me if she knows my my master. Like the one time when Emma actually kicked my butt, it was on the uh, masters when I was using my awesome uh, Tara crew, but Emma was prepared against her and this time with uh, dreamer absolutely decimated me so i think if i don't have the edge of using something my opponent is not prepared from then the play style of using one master properly is better see i i i would i would agree with that but the reason i'm able to predict to respond to so many other masters is because i don't have to think about my master so because i know my master inside out back to front off the top of my head don't need the cards i know what i'm doing it gives me time to research Tara. It gives me re- time to research whatever master you're playing. So I think you're right, but it also helps combat that you switch up your masters as well. Yeah, I, I agree with Emma. And uh, I, I, it's definitely the way I learn learn the master the most. And how I do well in a game is I learn a master inside out. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it just, if I know everything I can do and know it off the top of my head, it's just so much easier to go, right, what what is my opponent running? Because right, and you can really focus on their cards, and you can know your counters straight away. It's like almost being able to answer your own questions. Um, yeah, it's def- definitely the experience I've had with the game. So yeah, that's really interesting for the the game actually that you've got people that can just just play in different ways and like i as i said like i definitely play the sort of or play better when i'm focusing on one thing rather than multiple things but there we go it's really is an interesting way to find out and it's good to see that people can do it in different ways but yeah so um anyone else got anything they want to say feels like we've reached sort of a natural um end point to this episode but has anyone got anything they want to add before we finish feel free to jump in silence is golden right yeah silence is golden all right cool so yeah we've had some challenges this episode um with like ollie's been having some internet issues and we're still getting used to using the system with when people jump in and when people don't jump in but there's been some good content there's been some funny bits so it should be a good episode and i think we will wrap it up there so it's goodbye from us say goodbye everyone bye Bye, everyone Bye. bye
are we going to get an Ollie? A last little bit from Ollie saying goodbye if he's still here. No, no. all right, classic. <laughs> <laughs> In classic Ollie fashion, I think we're going to end up. I think we're going to end up with about two sentences from Ollie at the beginning, and then the rest of it's going to just be him dropped out. Um, cool. Well, we will leave it there. That's it for this week, and we will be back next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>